What's up? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Today we're going to be talking about wounds. Um, we're talking about the wounds of a man and he, the healing process and forgiveness. Let's get right into it with Real Men Talk. You're listening to the Real Men Talk podcast, brought to you by the Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Now here are your hosts, Anthony Crenat and Craig Reynolds. Hey, everybody. How you doing? This is Craig Reynolds. How you doing here with my co-host, Anthony Cronut? What's up? What's up? Uh, so today we're going to be talking uh, talking on a pretty deep subject that uh, I think uh, it's hard for a lot of men to face, and that is wounds, uh, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual, uh, financial, whatever the case may be. But uh, it's a topic that we really need to uh, need to discuss and, um, and, you know, and how to deal with it. Is it's important um, that that healing can be done through this process, Anthony? That's right. You know, and here's here's the thing. This is the truth about men. Okay, we don't like to talk about anything that is uncomfortable for us, and we every one of us have got wounds. Absolutely, every one of us. Uh, we don't like to act like we have wounds. We don't want to talk about our wounds. We want to bottle them up and stick them way back, way down deep, and let them just sit there and. Um, it's unhealthy. It's not biblical. And it is, um, you can never truly heal. You can never truly heal without, without talking about it with somebody. You, you can never truly heal. Um, and so today we're, we're, we're really going to dig into this. And this, this may be a little bit of a uncomfortable subject for some, because there are, there are some people who have real horrors in their past that, you know, th- things that, that real awful things have happened to, to, to people that, you know, it may not even be their fault. Um, you, you know, you look at the world today, you know, the, the amount of, of sexual assaults and stuff yes. and not, we're not just talking about girls. We're talking about boys, you, you know, the, you know, things that have happened to them when they're, when they're young, you know, that, uh, th- that you may have not told anybody, you know, you may, there may be a listener right now that has things in their past that they have never told anybody and they are a grown man. Yeah, and they've been bottling it up. That's right. And and that healing and that process that you you need to go down need to take um to to have freedom. It it can happen and it's found in Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. You know, and and you may have as a listener, uh, you you may have things that that have happened to you in your life and that that you don't understand why they've happened. You don't understand what is going on. Um you don't you, you may be in a situation where in in your mind you're like God why why did this happen why why do why do bad things happen to good people you know and the, the the truth is is that it does you know bad things do happen to good people and they are they're hard they're hard to handle um you know because we're not we're not taught especially as men we're mm-hmm. not taught how to handle our wounds we, yeah. we are not, as men, we are taught that we are supposed to bottle them up. We are not allowed, you know, don't, don't you cry. Yeah. What are you, a pansy? Yeah. You know, what, what you know, quit acting like a girl, man up about it. You know, I mean, these, these are the things that, that we're taught. These are the things that, that, um, that, that, that we feel, you know, you, that you're not, if you express emotion, then, then you are you're you you're not a man yeah you're weak yeah you're yeah you're showing weakness you know all these things and and it's completely right the opposite 
Yeah. You know, you take a, uh, you could take a grown man and I, and, and I want to point this out. This is a statistic that I, um, came across and I, I think what the enemy tries to do and, and even in our own human thinking, sometimes we, we do this in isolation. We think we're the only ones that have went through this. Right. One, uh, one statistic I found says that at least one in six men have experienced sexual abuse or assault, whether in childhood or as adults. And, uh, and this article even says that this is probably a low estimate since it doesn't include non-contact experiences, which can also have lasting negative effects. So I want to use that as an example. Um, you know, you, you take a, a man that say as a young vulnerable little boy had a maybe mom had a boyfriend or or something that sexually abused them or physically abused them or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is and then they bottle that up and they grow they grow up and they have these issues they 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 can't seem to get it's maybe it's caused relationship issues they can't have trust in relationships they uh anger outbursts whatever the case is you need to bring that to light because all that what we see here it, that young little boy is still on the inside that hasn't been healed mm-hmm. and that those wounds are still there. And and it, it's time, you know, as painful it can, as it can be to go back and, 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 and face that reality and honestly forgive. Right. You know, and that comes through a relationship with, with Christ. Right. You know, uh, he can even take the worst trials that you've experienced, whatever it may, may have been, um, and, and he can he can use it for the good. Uh, right. One testimony that really always stands out to me is Joyce Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe some of you listeners know who she is, maybe not. But you know, this woman, uh, she's a very prominent uh, female minister, author, evangelist, whatever. You know, kind of whole nine. Uh, but you know, she talks about her story of how her own dad sexually abused her from basically as young as she can remember till the time she was 18 years old and she moved out of the house gets moved out of the house gets married to some guy who wasn't good to her cheated on her did all this stuff he beat her didn't he i believe he was abusive mm-hmm. so had all of this he got in trouble with the law went to prison uh they end up getting divorced um you know she talks about how during that time of growing up and, and being uh, sexually abused by her uh by her dad, like there was one incidence where her mom even walked in and saw in the act of what her dad did and just turned around, walked out and never mentioned a word. Uh, another time she said that, uh, her father had her in a car backseat of his car pulled over in the road somewhere. And a cop came up and, and, and knocked on the, uh, the glass and had her dad, you know, come out of the car and talk to him. And, uh, she said her dad came back to the car and said, uh, you know, I, I told him that you're my cousin, uh, and uh, and he said that he's gonna let us go, but he he's got to have sex with you first before he'll before he'll let us go. And uh, so he said that's what you're gonna have to do. And she said, I remember her telling this story. She said, uh, you know, thank God that cop got a call right before he came to the car. You know, so she was about to be sexually abused by somebody she should have been able to trust in law enforcement. Right. Um, and she goes on, she goes on, you know, and she talks about how she got saved later, you know, met her husband now, um, her ministry grew, you know, was growing, was getting big. 
and uh, she was doing very well. And, um, you know, she remembered uh, in prayer, the Lord told her, I want you to move your mother and father out to where you're living, buy them a house, take care of them the rest of their lives. This is the, now this is the man that uh, sexually abused her, you know, from the time she was a little girl till 18. Right. And uh, so she, uh, she took it to her husband because she was fighting with it, obviously. And he said, well, her husband said, the Lord told you to do it, do it. You know, I mean, don't argue with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. And um, so she buys a, them a house, uh, moves them out, takes care of them, makes sure that they have groceries and all this stuff. You know, they're older at this time. And she says that one day her mom calls her and says, hey, your dad has been just sobbing and weeping uncontrollably the past couple of days, said that he really needs to talk to you. She said, okay. So her and her husband go over there and uh, he was, her dad was just crying. And he said, I'm so sorry for everything that I did to you. And, uh, you know, and he, she said that he even looked at her husband and said, I, I, you know, I'm sorry for, you know, the things that I've caused her that may have caused problems in your relationships. He said, you know, I, I respect you because you knew everything I did, but you still treated me with love and respect. And, um, Anyway, you know, they talked with him and they asked him if he wanted to accept Jesus as a savior. He said, yeah. And that man gave his life to Christ that day. And then 10 years later, or 10 days later, he gets baptized. They baptized her and her husband baptized him. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said she can remember him getting out of the baptistry saying, praise God, praise God, praise God. And just worshiping the Lord. And, and uh, you know, and he's in heaven now, you know, passed away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she, she, the way she explained it, she said, I look back on it and I realized that um, I wasn't buying a house. I was buying a soul. Right. And, uh, and she talks about how it sounds crazy, but everything that she went through, uh, she doesn't regret it because it made her who she is now. Mm-hmm. And God used that, all of that turmoil, all of that uh, pain, wounds, and he, he made something out of it. That's right. You know, you know, and and so many wounds that, that we deal with, um, you, you know, and, and as men, they may not even be sexual. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, how how many how many men have grown up men today yeah. that are my age, you know, forty, you know, or so, that had a dad that never even told him that he loved him. Oh yeah, or was abusive. Yeah, you know, physically, or watched watched his 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 dad was a drunk. Yeah, or you you know the the emotional damage that that has happened to to men that we don't talk about. You you know, um, yes, there's there's just as many. You you know, you look at how prominent homosexuality is right now. Yeah, and I can't remember the exact percentage, but it is a very high percentage of the amount of people who are the amount of men who are homosexual that has had some kind of sexual assault done on them. Yeah, you, you know, and um, you, you know, and then then you go into the the emotional state, you know, from from maybe a, a father who has left them, you know, growing up without a dad, um, not having not having that stable, you know, having a mom that had to work three jobs just to make ends meet, and uh, you know, them basically raising themselves or having raised younger kids or you know having to having to take care of a a um, a, a drug addict mom yeah. or a, a you know a drunken dad. Or you you know maybe maybe they've lost somebody who has who has directly uh, you know somebody very important in their life as a young age uh, you know at a young age 
Yeah. You know, all these things. And there, there are so many wounds. It is hard to even cover um, uh, the, the types of things that, that, that we go through and um, as men, you know, and so we go, we go through all these different things. We see all these wounds. And again, I, I want to go back to, we are taught not to, not to talk about them that, you know, even if you are wounded, you, you suck it up and you take care of your own. Even if you are a grown man right now and you are, you are having hardships, you, you know, you're, you're not supposed to, to go outside of yourself to take care of it. You are supposed to take care of your own. Yeah. You, you know, that's, that's what we're taught. And you wonder why there are so many men who are, who are alcoholics because they can't cope. You, you know, the, why they turn to drugs, why they turn to all these different things. They, they, they cannot understand and they cannot cope with what is going on. So right now, we're going to take a break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk about why do bad things happen to good people. If you want to be part of the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss modern, hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcoming common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. You're invited to come be a part of the discussion. All right, guys, welcome back to Real Men Talk. So we're going to talk about why do bad things happen to good people? Um, this is a question that is that is asked often. Um, you you talk to anybody, and they want to know why why something has they've lost a loved one, they've lost all these different things. Why you know right now we have people inside the church that is dealing with cancer, yeah. um, you know, and stuff like that. And you and it is it is okay. It's okay to ask why. Yeah, it's okay to be like you, you know. I have I've done it. You know, God, what are you doing? You know, do. Do you see what's going on right now? You know, I've asked those questions. Um, you know, and and it's okay. It's okay to to, to be like God. You know what? There's a difference between asking God what He's doing and and telling God it's His fault. Yeah, you know, oh, there, yeah. There, there's a line there. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with with being like God. I don't I don't understand this situation, and so we get into it. And you know, and it comes down to it comes down to this sin. Why, why do bad things happen to good people? This earth is filled with sin since Adam, since the, since the, the fall of the, at the garden. Yeah. You know, when, when sin was brought into this life, it is, it is part of, of who we are. It's part of our DNA. It's part of, uh, uh, it, the, the very earth itself is moaning because of sin. Um, and you say, what is, what does this have to do with anything? What, why does sin equate you know, these bad things. Well, free will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you you know, so you have somebody, we're just going to use an analogy, okay? You have somebody who um, was hit by a drunk driver and killed. Nobody, nobody really understands why that has happened. You know, um, you know, I, I myself, I've lost a niece, you know, at a young age. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you ask yourself, why? Why, why, did, why her? You know, she was 16 years old mm-hmm. and, um, you, you know, and so you, 
to where we can't understand, we can't wrap our minds around it, but we have to understand that, that nothing has ever caught God off guard. Yeah. And that if we take away the free will, the free choices of people, then you have to take away everything. Then there is no love. Okay. You can't, you can't love without, without the, without free will, mm-hmm. because it is love that it, it is free will is love. If you choose to love somebody, it's because you chose to. Yeah. If you choose to love God, it's because you chose to. It's not because He's forced you. It's not because of anything else. He loves you. He He cares for you, and He understands that bad things that happen. You, you know, we've talked before about um, about how Jesus knows what it is to be betrayed. Oh yeah. You know, you, you look at all the things that you want to talk about a man with some daggum wounds. Mm. You know, the, the, yeah. One day they're 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 laying palm leaves down for him to walk. On the next day, they're pulling his beard, spitting on him, and and screaming "crucify!" You know, and, and all this stuff. And and so Jesus understands our wounds, um, and the free will that comes from that comes with being a human being. You cannot take away for you can't you. If God was to do that, he'd have to wipe everybody out and start all over again. Yeah. You know, and you can't have love without free will. I know I've already said this, you know, uh, I was asked the question one time, why did God create Satan? It's a good question. Yeah, it's a a good question. You know, why did God create Satan? God knew when he created the angel Lucifer, what was going to happen. He knew, he knew, and he knew that eventually he was going to have to give his life. Yeah. For, for the people that he created. He knew. But you cannot have good without evil. Yeah, but, you know, you look at, you look at, in Scripture, anytime people suffered wounds, suffered, you know, these tragic things, there was always great blessings that came afterwards. Look at the story of Job. Right. Okay, he lost his finances, his livelihood, his children, uh, his health. He was afflicted in every way you could. He had his wife saying, just curse God and die. Yeah, he took, Satan took everything but his wife. Yeah. But that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, Satan, come on, man. What, what was you thinking? Should have played your cards right, buddy. Uh, but, you know, he did that. Uh, you know, his friends were saying, what did you do? Accuse him. What did you do to deserve this? Mm-hmm. What, you know, and all of that. And Job suffered this for, and I, I think, uh uh, I heard a commentary, read a commentary once. Uh, was it like three years he suffered like this? It, it was It was something. I mean, it's not like it just all happened within a month. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was drug out. Yeah, it, I mean, he suffered. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all that. But it says that everything that he had lost, God gave him back double Right in the end. Uh, you look at the story of Joseph, his own brother, sold him into slavery, slavery tricked uh, his dad into thinking he was killed, uh, did all this? It was accused when he was by Potiphar's wife of trying to rape her. All of this went to prison, but his story didn't end in prison. It ended. He was governor. Right. He, he received he saved a, his nation. Saved his nation. Saved his family. Was I mean, ultimately was sent there so he could provide for his family. Right. That was prophesied. Mm-hmm. And you know, if it wasn't for Joseph and his position and being there, his family would have starved to death. Right. So God has look at Jesus. He he suffered all these things, all these wounds, but now we have free access to God the Father. Right. And we have redemption and salvation through the blood of Christ. Absolutely. Look at the apostle Paul. 
Yeah. You know, he's shipwrecked and snake bit and beaten, you know, how many ever times and all these different things, you know, just, just for the, the, the sake of the gospel, um, you, you know, and all these, all these things are wounds and, and some, you know, all these things, we're talking about bad things that happen to good people. Yeah. You, you know, these good grief. I mean, I mean, you don't get much better of a person than Jesus Christ. Yeah. You, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. Um, you know, and to where it's not always, it, it's not always for us to understand, but what we need to understand is this, is that we don't go through things just to keep to ourselves. No. There are people that are out there that are hurting, that are going through the same exact things, that are wounded with the same wounds that, that, that we have. And us as men, as leaders, as, you know, we, we need to get our wounds taken care of and under the blood. Yeah. And we need to we need to to let them air out. You know, I, I was watching a clip from from Jensen Franklin mm-hmm. um, on wounds, and he was talking about how how that um, a wound that is open, okay, so that or uncovered. I'm yeah. sorry, that yeah. is uncovered heals faster, right? You, you know, and that blood is is actually washes a, a wound out. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, and so we equate that to, to wounds, to, to actual, you know, emotional and, and, and scars and, and things like that, or the, these emotional wounds. We need to leave them up. We need to let people see, you know, we've got to air those things out because just like, just like an open wound will heal faster, a wound that is covered will fester. Yeah. You know, and so... It's the same thing emotionally. It's the same thing spiritually. Those wounds will fester. They they create anger and jealousy and um, uh, resentment, you know, and all these things that are unhealthy, not only unhealthy spiritually, but they're also unhealthy physically. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it, it kind of reminded me uh, when you're when you're talking about the wounds, uh, that, that message you're talking about from Jens Franklin was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it also, you started talking about uh, exposing those things and, and letting them be known. And it reminded me of a message I heard of Kevin Wallace. And the title of this message from Kevin Wallace was uh, Blessings and the Scars. Right. And, and you know, he, he was talking about how after Jesus had died and resurrected and everything, and, you know, he, he, he was wounded, you know, not just physically throughout his crucifixion, I mean, but uh, emotionally. I mean, he was abandoned by his disciples, the ones that should have been there. But in, in John chapter 20, verses 19 and 20, I want to read these because I think it's powerful. Mm-hmm. It says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Then verse 20 says, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. It was when they saw those wounds that he had suffered that they made them glad that they knew that Mm. that was the Lord. And and, and and the Bible goes on to say that, you know, for uh, 40 days, Jesus stayed on earth before he ascended and that people knew by the wounds Mm-hmm. That it was him. That it was him. Yeah, the holes it, in his hands, and it was a, yeah. a testimony of who he was. That's right. And in the same way, our scars. You, you know, so many times we we want it, when we do get healing and we want healing, we want we want it so that nobody else knows that that we we've ever been wounded. You, you know, when really the scars are our testimonies. 
Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of time, and I hate, I really hate to say it, but there's a, a lot of truth within uh, any Christian denomination. Is you know a lot, a lot of times we're guilty of we want to make it look like we've always been a church boy, right. been a choir boy, or or you know a little miss, you know a little miss Pris on the stage singing, you know choir songs and stuff. That's not the case, you know, right. I, you know that I, I think it's more welcoming. Like if say you had a, a troubled past and you're open about that, you know, cause then when you have somebody that has a similar past trying to come in and, 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 and go through this walk of faith, they're like, okay, well he's done it. And this is how far he's, he's made it. That's right. Then and we're not talking about glorifying sins. We're talking no. about, about, this the, is what I was delivered stars. from. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, this talking about giving gl- Jesus, all the uh, glory, glory yeah. through our wounds. Yeah, because I mean, if you're in a life of sin, you're 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 living a life of self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, that's what you're doing. You're you're self-inflicting yourself, we, and we've all been guilty of it, right? Every well, one of us. You know, so it may not always been pornography, alcohol, or um, drugs. It may not have been those things, but selfishness, pride, mm-hmm. um, you know, arrogance, um, you know, anger. Just different things like that. I mean, honestly, the one of the worst uh, wounds you can have is not knowing Christ because your soul is wounded. That's right. You know, and your spirit man is not alive or, or woman. You know, it's not alive. So it's completely wounded and dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, absolutely. And you, when we start talking about self-inflicted wounds, us men, we're, we're the worst at it. You know, because they're coping mechanisms. Um, you know, we use those, we use alcohol or we use drugs or we use pornography or we use, you know, something that, that will bring self gratification to us. And we use these, these things to, um, to cope with our wounds because we don't want to, we don't know how else to take care of them. We don't know how else to, to cope with them when really the answer is right in front of us the entire time. The answer is Jesus Christ. You, he wants to heal our wounds. He understands wounds. He understands that we are hurt and that we are uh, afflicted and that we are um, dealing with emotional damage and, and, and physical damage and the, the scars that, that come with those. He understands those. He gets it. And he wants to he wants to heal us, you know, not only for for healing of ourselves, but also for to, to bring glory to his name. You know, this is what Jesus got. This is what happened to me, whether it was it was self-inflicted or not. This is this is what happened to me. And this is what Jesus did for me. Yeah. Well, and, and I wanted to bring these verses up. Uh, Luke chapter four and verses 18 and 19. And this is when Jesus picked up the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and, and this was the prophecy of Jesus. And it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to, procl- to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And in, right. in, in those verses, he did not limit his healing or he did not mention just physical wounds. Right. He had mentioned, he mentioned, you know, like spiritual, emotional uh, financial, really. I mean, if you look to the poor, I mean, some say that'd be poor in spirit. Uh, but I, I mean, I think it could be interpreted as both financially too. Right. You know, and some people have even been hurt by the church. Oh yeah. That's another one. Church hurt, man. That's a, that's a real thing. It's, it is. It's absolutely. Unfortunately, 
Um, as a matter of fact, I talked to a guy the other day. Um, I hadn't seen him in forever. And, you know, of course, I'm not going to say his name, but I hadn't seen him in a long time. Whenever The last time I had seen him, he was younger. And um, I, I almost didn't recognize him. I ran into him at Walmart, and he's like, oh, Anthony, what's going on? I was like, dude, I didn't even recognize you, you know? So we kind of started talking, and I was like, dude, I'm like, uh, you you know, you still go to church? He's like, nah, man, I got I got heart pretty bad, and, and I'm just – I'm just not, uh, I, I still believe in God and all, but I, I don't know that I could go back to a church, you, you know, and that's, th- that's awful. That's awful. You know, so I, I kind of poured into him and he wasn't really acceptive of it, but I, I'm hoping that, that I planted a seed, you know, yeah. somewhere, you know, uh, of, you, you know, that, that I loved him and different things like that. And I was sorry for whatever had happened to him and, and stuff, but people are, people really are, yeah. you know, the, the, there, there's just as much crap that goes on in in the church as there is out of the church sometimes. Unfortunately, you, you, yeah. You, yeah, you, you know, and um, and those wounds are real, and we can't negate them. We can't, you know, act like they don't exist because they are real. Um, you know, and sometimes, a lot of times with, with wounds comes condemnation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially self-inflicted wounds. Oh, yeah. Okay, so w- when, when you have done some uh some some coping mechanisms you know whether it be drugs whether it be uh you know sex or whatever condemnation just it, satan will use it to destroy you I, I want i want everybody to be very very clear on condemnation there's a difference between conviction mm-hmm. and condemnation absolutely conviction Conviction is when God is drawing you away from sin he's trying to pull you away from he's letting you know hey what you're doing is not right yeah, you, you know, you need you need to stop what you're doing right now. You need to repent. This is not good. This is not a path that you want to go down. That is a drawing of the Holy Spirit. Condemnation is straight from hell. Mm-hmm. You know, Satan, Satan will put that thought in your head. And then the moment you react to it, he'll he'll condemn you for, you know, you hypocrite. Yeah. You know what? How, how could you do something? And the whole time that that thought wasn't even yours. It was his. He put it in your head. Yes. There are thoughts that go through your head that are not yours. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to the matter of condemnation, I'll be honest with you. That's something that I've had to fight in my walk with the Lord uh, for a long period of time in my walk, actually. Uh, you know, I, I got got into church, you know. I'm not going to give my whole testimony. I don't have that, that time. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of years where I, I lived a very sinful, reckless lifestyle. I'll just put mm-hmm. it that way. And, uh, you know, you get back into into church and you're, and you're, you're you know, you're striving to do better. And, and, you know, the devil doesn't want that. And, you know, I remember he constantly was bringing up, uh, my past constantly, you know, from uh, young ages, especially my teenage years and, uh, all the way up until I got, you know, recommitted to the Lord. And, um, you know, it, it was, it, it was a heavy burden to, to bear, you know, constantly. Absolutely. And, and, uh, I think there's a lot more people that go through condemnation than, than most people realize. You oh know, yeah. I was, I was addi- addicted to pornography till I was 26 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. had been married for several years. I was in ministry. I lived in a state of condemnation. Yeah. And, um, it, you, you know, and even even today, you know, the, I, I still have those thoughts of, you know, well, can, you know, can you really be trusted? You know, yeah. you, you know, the, these thoughts that Satan plants in your head, you know, are you really effective? You know, look what you've done. Right. Yeah. You know, look what you've done. And he does it to all of us. And, and anybody who has ever experienced 
any kind of uh, uh, even even non non afflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. You know things that that have happened to us. You know physically. You know you look at like Joyce Myers. You were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know stuff like that. Satan will Satan will tell you that's your fault. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that's your fault. You know, or people who have experienced divorce, um, people who have experienced, um, uh, y- you know, real hurt. You know, it's your fault. Yeah. It's your fault that that your dad left, or it's your fault that your mom, you know, is a drug addict, or it's your fault that your mom had to work three, you know, three jobs to make ends meet. He'll he'll deliver those lies, and that's what they are. They're lies, you know, to you to to keep you in a state of condemnation. Because if you're in a state of condemnation, you're not effective. Right. Well, and and whether they're self inflicted or not self inflicted, the devil can also say things like this. There's no way people are going to listen to you. No way you're going to be effective. Um, you know, I know one thing when I got, uh, you know, into church and everything and, and I was really striving, you know, the devil would say things like, you know, you're not really saved. You know, after all that, you, there's no way after all the life you lifestyle you live, there's no way, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, that's, that's when, you know, the word of God's our weapon, you know, that's right. I mean, it is our, it is part of our spiritual armor mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Romans eight and one says for there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, uh, you know, First Corinthians is it? Uh, let me see. Or Second Corinthians. I'm sorry. I want to read this uh, verse uh, because uh, you know, and that, and this is actually something that helped me in my walk was uh, just speaking these verses over me, and and um, yeah, Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away; behold, all things have become new." That's right. You know, that old man's dead and gone. What really helped me, those just a couple of scriptures that I I used, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I had a multiple um, that I, you know, I constantly would speak over myself, you know. Right. Uh, you know, the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue, you know. And um, I think a lot of times people think of that, oh, well, somebody's dying to speak life over them. Well, you know, when a spiritual attack like that, it will kill you spiritually if you don't get it under control. That's right. And you have to constantly. And that's his goal. Yeah. You that's have to constantly, constantly, just like Jensen Franklin said in that message, you know, like Peter, he betrayed Jesus. You know, of course he was going to come at him and w- try to wound him. So that way on the day of Pentecost, he wouldn't get up and preach. And that, you know, because if Peter doesn't get up and preach on the day of Pentecost, then there would be 3,000 people that would have got saved that day. Right. If 3,000 people didn't get saved that day, then the world wouldn't have been turned upside down by the gospel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to make a plug for this video because it's, if, if you are dealing with this, I mean, Jensen Franklin is, is, is a top quality preacher and oh, he's man. legit. Um, one of my, one of my favorites, um, but you can find it on YouTube. It's called deep wounds and deep healing. Yep. Um, and, and I, if you're, if you're struggling, that's just another tool. It's just another tool you can use. And, and one more thing that I would really like to talk about is forgiveness. Um, you, you know, along with condemnation comes, the lack of forgiveness is sometimes not even the lack of forgiveness for others, but lack of forgiveness for ourselves. And, and, and both of those are so vitally important, you know, yes, to, to forgive others, but yes, you also have to forgive yourself. You may be in the situation that you're in. There are consequences for all actions. You know, if you, if you go spend your, all your money on lottery tickets, you're not going to have any money to pay your bill. Will the Lord forgive you for that? Yes, he will. Um, but are there still consequences for it? Yes, it is. You know, if you are, you know, if you have spent years and years and years and years on meth, 
And that you know there's effects on your body. Can the Lord heal you of them? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We've, we've seen can. that in our church as well. Absolutely. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, and so you know, can the Lord heal you of them? Absolutely. But there are, there are consequences for your actions. And um, you know, it's like Newton's law. Every every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 it applies to the spiritual realm the same way. You, you know, you can if you do something, there are, there are going to be consequences from the Lord can deliver you of those. The Lord can you you know if you're addicted to pornography and you ruin your marriage because it ends up in in um, uh, adultery, you know. The, will the Lord forgive you of that? Absolutely. He will forgive you and he will deliver you of all that stuff. It, is the consequences a, a divorce? Yeah. You know, again, the Lord can heal you of it, but there are, there are consequences for, and so we, I say all that to say this, sometimes because of those consequences that, that, that we face, we have a hard time forgiving ourselves for them. And, um, you know, and, and so it's, it's tough. Um, especially when, when it comes to um, when it comes to our own self-inflicted wounds, you know, First um, John one, chapter one, verse nine, it says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness." You know, and that that verse is quoted a lot, but it's so powerful. It's so powerful because because not only not only do we see that he's going to forgive us of our sins, but he's also going to cleanse us of our, our unrighteousness. You know, and and so we we have hope in, in our wounds. We have hope in that we we can forgive ourselves. You know, we can forgive ourselves for the things that we've done because Jesus has forgiven us. Yeah, you know, and it, the Bible talks about how how he throws it as far as the east is from the west. He completely yeah. forgets about them. Yeah, I was just reading that actually. Psalms one hundred three and twelve, just to Go get ahead. yeah yeah. Uh, well, Psalms one hundred three and twelve says, "As far as east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us." Uh, another good one is Hebrews eight and twelve it says, "For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more." Uh, Micah seven and nineteen says, "He will turn again; he will have compassion upon us; he will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt." cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. And uh, I remember reading uh, that verse, Micah seven nineteen, one time in, uh, this is when I was going through that condemnation, really just trying to study and grasp the you know, forgiveness and that was truly forgiven. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I remember reading like, what's the deepest part in uh, deepest part of the ocean. And it was uh, in the Mariana Trench, I believe. And it was, uh, I want to say, uh, was it seven miles deep of what they what they have, uh, have discovered? Not, yeah, have, or what they have discovered? Yeah, there was more to go. Right, but I forget how many times that I think it was twenty five times you could stack the Empire State Building on top of one another in oh this in this area. But anyway, it gives you perspective that he says into the depths of the sea. That's mm-hmm. just what has been discovered by man. It's still going. Right, absolutely. That, that's unchartered. So. You know, and, and we talk about forgiving ourselves, but it's also important for us to give forgive others, and there there are reasons for those. And not only not only does it bring uh, uh, forgiveness to others, not only is it a command from Jesus, okay, but it also brings healing to us. Yeah, you, you know, um, we go into Mark chapter six, verses fifteen and fourteen. It says, "For if you forgive others their offenses." Your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. 
But if you don't forgive others, your heavenly father will not forgive your uh, offenses. You know, and that's that's a powerful verse because there are a lot of people who deal with unforgiveness for others. They like to hold grudges. Um, they can't they can't seem to let go of things. And the Bible's very clear about if you can't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. Um, but there, I I think that there's there's a deeper meaning to that than than just the simple fact that we're supposed to um, forgive and we are supposed to give, but. I think that Jesus wants us to forgive and he commands us to forgive because he understands that there is healing for us in that forgiveness. Yeah. When you're able to let go of what other people are, are doing uh, or have done to you, then, then you can, you uh, can concentrate on God. The healing can begin to take place. So I was, I was listening to Greg Crochelle and he was talking about a message. He, he said, he said, how do you know when you're healed? He said that when, whenever you can talk about this person or you can talk about that situation and not get angry and not get upset and, and not lose control of yourself, you're healed. You know, yeah. So it, it, you want to know if you've got forgiveness in your life or not. If you can't talk about somebody or if there is a situation that, that is happening that, that every time it's brought up, you're angry and you are upset, then you need to, to still seek forgiveness for that. Yeah. Well, and even in, uh, you know, thinking about this and when, it, especially when it pertains to other people, um, is Matthew chapter five, verse 20, um, 23 and 24. And it says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Right. You know, make yourself right before you even offer anything up. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's important even to this day. You know, we may not be offering up, you know, sacrifices of animals and things like that. But no, nevertheless, Jesus even, you know, they asked Jesus, you know, how many times should we forgive, you know, our enemies? Seven times? He said seven times 70. In other words, there's no end. Right. There, There is no end. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, you know... If, if you're dealing with wounds today, if you're dealing with condemnation or if you're dealing with uh, unforgiveness and these things, if you got questions about those things, we have a, a email address um, at it's realmen at the palace praise, uh, dot com. And you can send us those questions. You can send us uh, uh, anything that, that you would like to uh, discuss. You know, if you're dealing with something, you just need to get something off your chest. We also have a Facebook page that you can that you can uh, uh message us at um but find somebody find somebody to talk to about those wounds find somebody um as always i want to end in a prayer holy spirit guide us as leaders of our homes churches and communities and teach us to be godly courageous men amen thank you for listening to real men talk You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by the Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you'd like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man ages 16 and up and would like to join the conversation, join us here at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. in room 400. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Services.
If you want to be part of the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss modern, hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcoming common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. You're invited to come be a part of the discussion. 